the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, December the 15th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On December 15, 1791, the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments to the U.S. Constitution, went into effect. That was following the ratification by Virginia. Today, in 1890, Sioux Indian Chief Sitting Bull and 11 other tribe members were killed in Grand River, South Dakota, during a confrontation with the uh, Indian police. Today, in 1939, the Civil War motion picture epic Gone with the Wind had its world premiere in Atlanta. That is kind of off the uh, epic list for a number of people today. They say it's not politically correct anymore. Today, in 1944, a single-engine plane carrying band leader Glenn Miller. He was a major in the U.S. Army Air Force. It disappeared over the English Channel. It was en route to Paris. I mention that only because Glenn Miller was not only a, a major in the U.S. Army Air Force, he was also one of the greatest trombone players ever. I play a trombone. I haven't played it for years, but I used to, and so I... As a kid, I was always interested in listening to Glenn Miller play his trombone when I would hear him on the radio once in a while. Today, in 1978, President Jimmy Carter announced he would grant diplomatic recognition to communist China on New Year's Day and sever official relations with Taiwan. Jimmy Carter was one of a kind. Today in 2001, with a crash in a large dust cloud, 50-foot-tall section of steel, the last one standing in the World Trade Center's facade, was brought down in New York, hauled away. Today in 2011, the flag used by U.S. forces in Iraq was lowered in a low-key Baghdad airport ceremony, marking the end of the war that had left 4,500 Americans dead, 110,000 Iraqis dead and cost more than $800 billion. Ten years ago today, a day after the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School, we mentioned that yesterday as a something that happened that day, yesterday in history. Well, a day after the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School, In his Saturday radio address, President Barack Obama declared that, quote, every parent in America has a heavy heart with hurt. That's true, we did. And he said it was time to, quote, take meaningful action to prevent more tragedies like this. What were those meaningful actions? Well, we find out now, all these years later, what they are. President Joe Biden gave a speech yesterday, and in his message, he recognized the 10th anniversary of the deadly shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. He's calling for the shooting. He said it's unthinkable, and he said he's calling for a ban, a similar mass shooting 
uh, school shootings can be avoided if we ban guns. He's specifically talking about automatic rifles. He said we should have societal guilt for taking too long to deal with this problem. He said we have a moral obligation. This is President Biden. We have a moral obligation to pass and enforce laws that can prevent these things from happening. But as I've said before, is there a law that we can pass to cover for the sinful, broken nature of mankind that drives them to do these kinds of things, if not with a gun, with some other object, a stone, a baseball bat, a knife, a sharp object? Can passing laws against certain things change the heart of man? I don't think so. In fact, I know that it can't. He said, we owe it to our courageous young survivors and to their families who lost their soul 10 years ago to turn their pain into purpose. The purpose, of course, is to ban and confiscate guns. Starting with the most obvious, he says, and then (laughs) the others. Enough is enough, the president said. Our obligation is clear. We must eliminate these weapons that have no purpose other than to kill people in large numbers. It's within our power to do this for the sake of not only the lives of the innocents lost, but for the survivors who still hope. In his proclamation, he said, quote, Let us recognize the courage of survivors and families of victims, I would agree, who continue working to rebuild their lives and let us commit to eradicating gun violence and helping rebuild communities that have suffered so much. I'm not I'm not taking this lightly. It is horrific. As a pastor, I have stood at the gravesides of I don't know how many and committed them back to the earth from which God created us out of the dust of the earth. I've sat with families who have lost loved ones, some expected, some unexpected losses of loved ones. I know what it's like, but I'm telling you, eradicating guns will not fix the gun problem, as they like to call it. America needs to get back to our founding fathers' ideas and and principles because they were Judeo-Christian values and principles. That's what this nation was built upon, on the, on the truth of God's word, on the everlasting, never-changing principles and truth of the Bible. They were open about it. They didn't sneak around in the dark and say, well, this, you know, we can't do this. We've got to keep separation of church, church and state. No, Thomas Jefferson, who gets credited for that, he was among them. He wasn't the most religious, but he was among them. And they very openly looked at the Bible. They looked at the precepts. They looked at Blackstone's codification of Scripture that had happened years before that and how he had codified them into a system of laws to bring about order in a society. Biblical laws. Nobody was all tied in little knots and all worked up speaking in a high voice about separation in church of st- separation of church and state in those days that wasn't even an issue when the Danbury Baptist asked Thomas Jefferson about it he said don't worry about it he said we have put up a wall of protection for you that the government cannot mess around with your affairs 
the affairs of the church. But now today we flip that, and these are the results. We pushed God out to the margin saying, well, we can't have church and state because we're, you know, we're not going to be a religious nation in the sense of becoming some kind of a theocracy or whatever. Well, how has that worked out? Not very well. And that's the problem we have today, not only with people killing other people, but every part of our society is in decay. Because we have rejected God. We've turned away from God. There was a time when when the people that were elected to office in our nation, publicly and openly and unashamedly, turned to Scripture to look for answers. And they talked about it publicly, not in the dark back alley somewhere, trying to figure out how to work together with the church and the gospel and the Lord without violating separation of church and state. That is the most irritating thing to me I've ever heard. And yet it's been used to flip a culture. That's what's wrong in our culture today. We need God to change the hearts of people. And as the hearts are changed, then the policies flow from that. That is the solution. And if we had a president that would focus on that, or any president that does focus on that issue, It brings about healing. It brings about restoration. It could bring about rebirth in a nation that has begun to decay. I'm not hopeless about it. I'm not even, uh, I believe there's hope for America. I believe in the end, all things pass away. Heaven and earth passes away. God's word does not. But in the meantime, God has blessed this nation for his purposes. And we need to sustain that and to, to, to push that forward as much as possible. Plus, it's a great place to live. I love America. So do most of you, I think, that's listening. But we've got to get back to our founding principles, or we will become just another failed culture in the dustbin of history. That's what concerns me. But it doesn't have to be that way. The thing that encourages me most is that I'm not the only one that feels that way. There is a growing chorus across America of people that are saying what I just said, perhaps saying it much better, but we're on the same page. And we're all saying that we need God. We need restoration. We need forgiveness. We need renewal. And that doesn't come from a gun law. It comes from a change of heart and a change of perspective. Quit trying to hide God and push him out and send him to another place somewhere. Let God be God. And things, amazingly, will start to fall in place. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 31, he said, For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore from thy namesake lead me and guide me. He said, Pull me, this is Psalm 31, Pull me out of the net that they've laid privately for me, for thou art my strength. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee, before the sons of men. We need to live out publicly our faith, not in defiance of other people's faith. They're welcome to practice their faith in America. That's how it all started. 
Patrick Henry spoke to that very clearly. He said, even the atheists have freedom in America, even though we are founded as a Christian nation on Christian principles. He said, not biblical principles, just but Christian biblical principles. Well, I could go on and on on that, I can tell you, because that's at the heart of why we do what we do here on this program. And um, I think those of you who listen regularly or have for some time, you know that. I uh, feel very passionate about this. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Without him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. My old friend Andre Crouch wrote that song. Millions of people heard it and sang it. It's true. Jesus is the answer. I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. Um, we are able to continue each month with your support. We don't talk about it a lot on this program. So if you're a new listener and you think, wow, these guys aren't, don't even raise money, they must not need any. No, that's not true. We don't spend a lot of time talking about the budget because there's so much of that out there today that I just... I just don't think that's what the Lord would have us to do. So as long as there is a support base for this program, we'll continue. If there is not a support base for it, then we will not. And there is a support, and you have supported us for a number of years, and I'm asking you to stand with us particularly as we come to the conclusion of this year, of 2022. We need your help. We need you to stand with us. Many of you already have this month, but I'm encouraging you to stand with us. And I am asking you something I do not ask lightly and I do not ask very often, but I would like to ask you to pray about what God would have you to do to help us as we end this year. If God leads you to do something, I know that you will. And we need your help. We need your support. Our address is box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and um, you can find the page that comes up. There's a tab there. You can contribute online, and many of you do. So thank you so much. From my heart, thank you. It means a great deal to me that you stand with us in what I believe God has called us to do. Uh, Every morning live, we originate. Are you ready for more snow? Well, the, um, the Puget Sound media is talking about it today. It's all a buzz. Ready for more snow? Here's what's in store for the Puget Sound, they say. Forecasters, this I'm quoting this, forecasters are tracking the potential for a cooler air mass arriving next week, quote, which could mean snow on the ground for the winter solstice. Why do they have to do that? It isn't winter solstice. Oh, it is. But, I mean, that's not why it's such a big deal. That's not why we have a holiday, winter solstice. They did that 3,000 years ago and somewhere in the caves of Europe. It's Christmas. Why can't these guys just say it? All these newspapers and TV stations, they sell ads like crazy around Christmas because they make a lot of money off Christmas. They don't make any money off winter solstice. So they want to be politically correct and call it winter solstice, but they want to make a lot of money off Christmas. I wish I could get them in a room and talk to them for five minutes. I I don't think they would change, but I would feel better. I just don't 
quite get it, why they're so afraid to say Christmas. I mean, it doesn't put a cramp in your tongue. It doesn't do things to your biological system. I mean, just say the word like Christ must. It won't hurt you. You'll be fine. But they've got at any ch- any opportunity, they've got to avoid using the word Christmas. Man. Speaking of the press, the Washington Post, it's a far-left propaganda outlet. It spreads conspiracy theories and lies, mostly. I mean, it does. It really does. Jeff Bezos, it's his little toy. I mean, he's really into that. He owns it. But they've lost 500,000 subscribers just this year. Just this year. What had been a subscription base of around 3 million beginning uh, at the end of, of uh, 2021, in the month of former President Trump left office, but has, or yeah, two years ago, plummeted. And this last year, it's lost 20% to about 2.5 million subscribers. So, promoting solstice instead of Christmas doesn't play for everybody, apparently, because people are not subscribing to the newspaper. They're looking to other sources for their news and their information. Arizona election is still going on. It's an amazing thing, but it is. While the news media has successfully removed the country's attention away from the last election to the left's current agenda, some have not so easily been moved. One of those people not easily moved is Republican Carrie Lake. She's a 30-year veteran TV news anchor, a rarity, She's very conservative. She ran against the Democrat Secretary of State Katie Hobbs for governor in Arizona. They're back in the national news today. They filed, she's filed a lawsuit after a large number of whistleblowers have come forward with detailed accounts of issues in the counting of the ballots. You say, Gary, it's over. Let it go. No, we, we don't want to let it go. I mean, as these things surface, they need to be talked about because the left and the media have worked tirelessly to try to silence this and, and get rid of it and forget it and, and, and label anyone who even suggests what I'm suggesting to be, you know, they need help. They need counseling or whatever. They've tried to minimize and they've tried to marginalize anyone who raises any question about the integrity of voting. And yet there's an abundance of evidence out there. There really is. I'm not talking about rein reinstating Trump as president or whatever. I'm just talking about the the integrity of our nation and, and the whole democratic system of our republic that we use. Now the Arizona State of uh, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, the Maricopa County Board of Supervision Supervisors members, and the Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake were all summoned to appear in court by the judge presiding over Lake's electoral complaint. So, as Yogi Berra used to say, the great catcher of the for the New York Yankees baseball team, he used to say often, he said a lot of things like this, but he said, it ain't over till it's over. Well, I think Arizona could say, it ain't over till it's over, because they've, they have a judge now that is ruled in favor of the fact that there may be some irregularities and they may need to be looked into. The court has reviewed the plaintiff's verified statement of election contest filed on December 9th, which was, what, six days ago, 
And because this matter is an election challenge, the return hearing will be set on an accelerated basis, the judge said. This judge, uh, Peter Thompson, he wrote in, in his order. So he attached some urgency to it. Earlier this month, an Obama-appointed U.S. District Judge, this John Tushy, he sanctioned Lake and her lawyers for filing what he claimed was a frivolous partisan lawsuit, prompting a harsh rebuke from Lake, of course. She's very articulate. She's done that for, done the news. In fact, I think I think 20 years she was on, we have a lot of listeners in Arizona, I think um, she was on in Phoenix for the last 20 years and somewhere else, the 10 before that, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know her, but I've read a lot about her. So she's very articulate, and uh, she's used to being in front of a camera, and she is not shy. And she's very conservative, from all I can see. But Tom, Tom, Thompson was appointed to the bench in, in September of 2010 by former Governor Jan Brewer, who, as I recall, was also pretty conservative. But the previous two elections in Maricopa County, Arizona, have been controversial for how poorly they've been conducted. Last year, a forensic audit of the presidential election found thousands of discrepancies, but they swept it aside. On election day this year, many Republicans were expected to vote for this Carrie Lake. But in the districts where most Republicans were expected to cast their ballots, technical problems prevented thousands of individuals from voting. And yet we always hear from the left, we've got to protect democracy while they're dismantling it. They are. Why was the lawsuit filed so long after the election? Well, there have been three of the many whistleblowers that have come forward. There are, have been three that are outstanding to both to the Carrie Lake crowd and all of her associates and cohorts and to this judge as well. And he's saying, you know what? There is something here and we need to pause and take a look at this. These people are coming forward that worked in the election and they're saying, man, our system is seriously flawed. Just on Monday, they were throwing out, they were reporting that they were throwing out tens of thousands of signatures saying they were scribbles that in no way matched, but somewhere between there and the ballots were being completely tossed out. They got looped back into the system and counted as if they were just fine. All of a sudden they were good. And they said they had scribbles on them. There was no way they could match up the, the signature. And then they ran the, the ballots, or some of them at least. And people are even asking, did they go through and look at, I mean, look at whom the voter voted for? And I, I mean, they don't know. There's just so many questions. Lake told the press this week that there were 25,000 additional ballots and early voting ballots were discovered two days after the election. They were just sitting in a room. And they were primarily Republican votes. They just showed up, she said. It shows the whole system has serious problems. It does. It does have problems. Regardless of who wins an election, there are problems. Whether they're induced by people who mean to somehow influence or, or you know, pervert the outcome of a, an election to a certain end, Republican or Democrat. I, I mean, I don't know what what's causing I don't know who's doing it but I do know that it seems consistent and it always seems like uh, and maybe it's my bias to be honest with you but it always seems to me that man it it always when there's a real question and it gets analyzed it always falls to the democrat even if it's in a strongly republican county or area 
She said, uh, Lake said, we believe that up to 135,000 ballots were pushed through that should not have been pushed through. She said, we're judging, we're asking the judge to let us take a look at all of the envelopes and compare the signatures so that we can find out for sure how many bad fraudulent ballots got through in that way of basically beating or breaking the rules. On November 13th, the following story appeared in the the press, in the news, in Arizona. Here's what it said, quote, five days have passed since the election. This was back on November 13th. Five days have passed since election day, and, and still we don't know who the newly elected governor of Arizona is. Republican candidate Carrie Lake remains confident that the outstanding ballots that remain to be counted will swing her way, but the structural problems of the electoral process have been painfully exposed. That's the press admitting that there are painfully, painfully problems exposed. It's more than just one election, and perhaps more serious are the accusations by the Republican Party of Arizona, which are saying that the widespread problems with ballot machines that disproportionately affected Republican strongholds amount to voter suppression. Voter suppression, they said in a statement, this Dr. Kelly Ward Voter suppression reared its ugly head in Arizona at the hands of Maricopa County. Some wonder if it is just an incompetence, while others question malfeasance. This cannot simply be accepted. It must be correct before this election is certified. Well, since that was written, it has been certified, supposedly. Exit polls, they said it it cannot, this statement from the GOP chairman, Dr. Kelly Ward, they said... uh, Exit polling shows that Republican voters were disproportionately disenfranchised by Maricopa County's incompetence. We have no idea how many votes were unable to, to, or how many voters were unable to cast a vote at all, and we've been told that approximately 15% of election day ballots are going to digital adjudication. That's a process by which two strangers determine a voter's intent. And those two strangers likely share a username and a password with countless other people who are also adjudicating ballots, meaning no individual could be held accountable for any bad acts. So, boy, I'll tell you, the news media quickly took action when legitimate concerns about the election integrity began to surface. The L.A. Times ran this story this week. The headline, Voting Machine Problems in Arizona Fuel Right-Wing Fraud Allegations. And um, the New York Times ran this headline, Voting Machine Problems in Arizona Fuel Right-Wing Allegations. And another headline, In Arizona Officials Fight Off Election Fraud Allegations. And on and on they go. I mean, that's the way they deal with these. They don't want to know the truth. They just want to continue as we are. Lake says she will take this matter all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. Again, this is, this, these are the kinds of problems that come. Whether we're looking at parental rights, whether we're looking at voting integrity, whether we're looking at human sexuality, the family, whether we're looking at male and female, I, I mean, and all this nonsense, destructive nonsense of gender fluidity and all the things that we talk about on this program because we look at the news every day and we talk about what's in the news from a biblical point of view, from a biblical perspective. And all of these problems, all of them, 
can be solved if we would simply open our hearts and our minds to the truth. And Jesus Christ himself said, I am the truth, and he is. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.